Welcome back to the Plant-Based Fitness Secrets podcast. And today we want to talk about meat-based bioactive compounds and how vegans and vegetarians should be paying attention to them for their fitness and health goals in 2024, which I'm excited to dive into the new year with you guys. And if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know that we are a no BS, science-based and forward podcast where you're always going to learn the newest research, the newest content and things that people usually don't talk about. Maybe a bit more uncomfortable topics that people don't share and that unfortunately has many people stuck on their health journeys. But for me, when I started this whole podcast and when I started my, my company, the goal was always to bring no BS, actionable advice that no one is talking about because people are afraid or people don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And with me being able to help so many people for the past few years and being able to have the resources to dive into all these studies and have the support, I want to keep pushing the envelope. I want to keep pushing what we talk about. I want to keep challenging what we believe in. And this has been something that's been not easy for me as well to dive in because for me, I've been in this plant-based journey and life for for over six years now and it's not always easy to kind of challenge your current beliefs and and things you have deep rooted inside of you that's if you look at the definition or if you think about the definition of a belief like the beliefs that we should actually look at are the ones that we never question because if we always follow the same beliefs and never question them then can we live a life can we say at the end of our lives, 85 years old, 90 years old, can we look back and say, I've lived life fully? If we adopt a certain belief and then never let it go for our whole life, um, obviously there's certain values that are always going to be part of our, our lives and things that we will never question. Um, but there's some values that maybe it makes sense to kind of look at and, and analyze and try to see the other side of the coin as well. And that's what we do in this podcast is what we do with our content. And this is kind of one part of the of the equation here that I want to talk more about, especially now in December, uh, end of December 2023 and 2024, January, which is a month that is about veganism, it's about veganery, it's about making plant-based choices. And I still 100% believe in it. I just want to bring more things to the front of our attention that are going to make a difference for our health and if I look back again on why I started this whole thing and the information I've been sharing over the past years, the focus was always um, information and advice that's based on science that is also practical and that is focused on health. What is the healthiest diet you can follow for your circumstances and for your goals? And then looking at what does it entail and what do we maybe need to supplement to make that happen? Okay, so... In this first part of many, I want to break down four nutrients that in a plant-based diet are hard to get or not to get, uh, some of them, and how to actually get them, how much you should be supplementing, why they're important, and how you should be paying attention to them if your goal is to maximize your health and maximize your performance. Now, before I dive into that and I'm gonna make it 
pretty concise episode and make sure that you have actionable advice you can take with you. Before I dive into that though, like we want to look at, okay, what does it mean? What does it actually mean for someone to be deficient in something and for someone to be like, do we have sufficient amounts, right? Sufficient and deficient are two different sides of the coin, basically. And I think a lot of people in the online health space, they don't realize that there's nutrient deficiency and suboptimal intake, and they only focus on, okay, what is a deficiency? If we only look at a deficient way of living, who wants that, right? I think that's the baseline. We don't just want to avoid deficiency. We want to actually have optimal amounts for not just our performance and our fitness, which this podcast is about, it's about fat loss and fitness and health, but also our well-being every single day, right? Our vital functions, our our how we feel every day, how we think, our brain performance. And if we don't realize the difference between deficiency and suboptimal intake, then we'll always be stuck in this paradigm of, oh, I'm not deficient, I'm fine, you know? That's also where a blood test, for example, has its limits. And I still encourage everyone to take blood tests two times a year at least. Um, I just recently did mine. Everything is fine. Everything is good. I did a whole um, detailed uh, test for all my levels. I might actually do a video or podcast on it. But that doesn't tell the whole story, right? These numbers... They could be off, right? The numbers could be not accurate. Then the the amounts that they, the ranges that they give in these in these labs might not be for optimal health, right? So those are some things that I will get some guests on um, for this year in, in the podcast to to cover to make sure that we actually get a better understanding of that as well. But before I before I basically go into that whole discussion, which is a whole different discussion, I just want to preface that. Before we look into these things, realize there's the difference between nutrient deficiency and suboptimal intake. For me personally, looking at what I want in life, I want optimal intake. I want to live life to the fullest. I want to be laying on my deathbed at 100 years old, still feeling amazing, <laughs> looking amazing, and looking back at my life and saying, yes, I had my challenges. Yes, I had my tough times. But the one thing I did was always take care of my nutrition as much as I could, my health through my nutrition as much as I could with the knowledge I had at that time. And this is also why I want to bring this topic to you because knowledge evolves, science evolves. Nutrition science is still a very young science. So we cannot expect to know everything from day one right away. And this is obviously on one side very exciting, on the other side it's also just something to be mindful of that some of the things that are being published, um, some of the supplements that are being being sold um, that don't have much research yet, those are all things that you just want to keep in mind. Again, we only live once, so that's another argument you can make. You can say, hey, I want to test a lot of different things, see what happens. Um, like that's a whole different conversation, right? But just being mindful of, hey, like nutrition science is still a very young science and people are discovering new things every single day, every single year. And 
the the podcasts here and I've realized this in 2023 and I want to I want to say that for 2024 I've made it my mission to make this even more up to date like the up to date science and approach to all kinds of supplements nutrients and situations that we are in uh, nutrition and also exercise and health in general and that's what you're in for in this in this episode and podcast and now before I keep talking. <laughs> Let's actually talk about the topic of this episode, which is meat-based bioactive compounds, also called carny nutrients. Now, there's a few of them, right? Just to um, name a few of them. Creatine, carnitine, carnosine, choline, and taurine. These are the five Mibicos, meat-based bioactive compounds, I want to cover in this episode and again i want to keep it to the point and concise to not bore you um, i will put some of the studies in the description for you to read as well and to look at and there will be there's going to be more content coming out on this uh, on my youtube channel on my instagram channels um, and also on my blog which is going to be linked in the show notes as well so stay tuned for that but for now i want to cover for you okay for 2024 if you want to be a vegan or vegetarian that wants to maximize the health and performance, these are five nutrients that you need to pay attention to and you need to maybe or probably supplement to make sure that you are crushing your goals and being healthy along the way, not just physically but also mentally. Now, what are Mabicos in the first place? The Mabicos stands for meat-based bioactive compound and they are firstly present in flesh foods to such an extent that omnivores can usually obtain uh, physiological meaningful amounts from the flesh foods and either are not present in plant foods or are present in such limited quantities um, in, in plant foods that most people with a meat-free diet get amounts that are physiological trivial or marked suboptimal for health. Again, we we are now revisiting the suboptimal for health, um, which I just talked about. And that is something that we want to definitely keep front of mind. Um, and these five compounds, like you just heard, are not present in plant-based foods. So most of these we can produce ourselves. Our body has a um, as our own production, right? But not in amounts that are optimal for us, which I will again cover more in a moment. Now, if you look at the different nutrients, we can start with choline right from the get-go. So choline is basically what they found. 95% of vegetarian and vegan women do not meet the recommended dose for choline during pregnancy. Okay, which in the median is around 206 milligrams a day. Now, vegans only get 206 milligrams a day. Now, what is recommended is 480 milligrams a day. Now, something to be kept in mind, though, as well, is that omnivores also only get 270 milligrams of choline a day. So they also probably need to supplement it. Um, choline, though, is the only maybe code is officially recognized as an essential nutrient from several authorities like um, IOM, EFSA, and 
they mature to realize, hey, choline is important to consume. Um, now, on one side, we have the, the pregnant woman. On the other side, we have the people who exercise strenuously and routinely. Um, they are depleting their membrane stores. So people who are athletes who work out, they probably need even more choline. And it may improve endurance uh, or performance by increasing acetylcholine release. Um, improving signal transmission or by enhancing the athlete's thought processes. Um, now, as I said before, choline um, is endogenously synthesized from our own bodies from an amino acid methionine. But like I said, it's insufficient, insufficient to support human choline requirements. So we want to make sure we support our body with ingesting it from the outside through dietary intake of, of choline, right? So the main sources of choline would be fish, eggs, and meat. Now I'll cover in a second when it comes to plant-based foods, but what's also important to realize is that having insufficient choline might also affect your physical performance in healthy people, okay? So even if you're healthy, it might affect your performance in your workouts. And it is important to get sufficient amounts um, to contribute to muscle growth and function. Now, if you look at the plant-based foods and, and animal-based foods to bring the first point home here for choline, unfortunately, we can't show any graphs on the podcast, but the main source of choline, and again, we need around, mainly around 550 milligrams of choline a day and women need around 425 milligrams of choline a day. Liver has 431 uh, milligrams of choline. Uh, eggs have 230 milligrams. Steak have 104. Um, this is per 100 grams, by the way. And only at the soybeans, soybeans have 65 milligrams of choline per 100. Almonds have 52 milligrams. Broccoli have 40. Tofu has 28. So if you're trying to gain around, get around 400 to 500 milligrams a day, that's a lot of tofu, a lot of broccoli, a lot of almonds and soybeans. And it's probably going to be very hard to hit these numbers without supplementing it. So long story short, just to summarize it again, choline is crucial for the health of your brain, of your liver, and it's important for brain development and muscle movement. It's mostly found in foods like beef and liver and eggs. Um, Plant-based sources are tofu, broccoli, um, almonds, and soybeans, but they're not that high in choline, which is why it's a concern for a plant-based diet, and that's why I recommend supplementing it if you're trying to maximize your health, okay? So if you're pregnant and breastfeeding, it's especially important, um, especially talk about to your healthcare provider about it, um, but for a normal plant-based person, probably supplementing 250 to 300 milligrams of choline per day is going to help you reach that 400 to 500 milligrams threshold because the rest probably comes from your diet. Um, so my recommended dose, also recommended by science, is 250 to 300 milligrams per day of choline um, in terms of supplementing it, okay? That's the first thing. The first one that is not talked about a lot, especially if you're breastfeeding and pregnant, you want to pay attention to it. Now, number two here is 
creatine. So you probably have heard about this one before. So I won't go into huge detail with this one, but very, very important. Uh, creatine is a substance that helps increase energy, especially during activity, um, especially during exercise, um, like lifting weights, sprinting. And it is also a significant benefit for your brain because basically we have an endogenous creatine synthesis as well. So we have 95% of creatine stored in our muscle and 5% is stored in our brain, liver, and kidneys. Now we have um, endogenous creatine synthesis that provides about half of the daily need for creatine. The remaining amount we need to ingest from food. So mainly creatine is found in red meat and fish. Okay. Now the concern here again is that vegans obtain virtually no dietary creatine and vegetarians very little. So vegetarian diets are associated with a decreased serum and muscle creatine levels, which may indicate that creatine synthesis is insufficient in uh, these subjects. So creatine synthesis makes major demands on amino acid metabolism. Okay, so long story short, there is studies that show that people who don't eat meat usually have less creatine in their bodies which obviously can impact muscle strength, fatigue, and brain function, okay? Um, so that's been demonstrated that creatine um, improves muscle hypertrophy, strength, um, and muscle fiber cross-sectional growth. So creatine is a no-brainer. Now, unfortunately, vegans don't get it from food. So if you don't eat red meat or um, certain animal products, you're not going to get it from, from your food. So you need to supplement it. So supplement creatine monohydrate and you can start with loading it. So 20 grams per day for the first like week. And then you can hop to a maintenance dose after the first week of around five grams per day. And that's it. You can pretty much supplement that for the rest of your life. And if you're into exercise, you already know this. But if you're also into health, now you understand that creatine is also very important for your brain function. So we don't want to underestimate that. And unfortunately, I see a lot of plant-based people still not taking it, not consuming it. One thing I do want to say about creatine at the same time is that it will probably lead to some water retention, which is unfortunate, of course. Um, for some people, it will more than for others. Um, something to consider, though, is that you... You need to ask yourself, okay, what's the trade-off, right? What trade-off am I willing to make and what trade-off am I not willing to make? Now, I, in the past, maybe I, I personally was of the, of the opinion that I don't want to have water retention, but now I realize I'm missing out on a lot of benefits if I don't consume it and personally, I'm fine with it. But you probably need to be mindful there's going to be some water retention. For some people more, for some people less. But you should be fine with it. It shouldn't be an issue. Hey, real quick, guys. As you know, I don't do any ads or sponsorships on here. So the only ask that I can ever have of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more people get healthy, improve their body, and get the results, and also help their families and their friends. And the only way we do that is if you rate review and share the podcast. So 
the single thing that I ask you to do, if you enjoy the podcast, to leave a review. It takes you 10 seconds with a click of your thumb and it would mean the world to me. And most importantly, it might encourage someone else to improve their health as well. Now, which is the next one? What else do we have? So we have choline, we have creatine. Now, the next important one I want to talk about is taurine. Taurine, maybe you've heard about this before. It's the, the one thing that they put into energy drinks as well. And they're very highly concentrated in energy drinks, but obviously they don't want to drink energy drinks all, all day, every day. Now, taurine is also found in your body. So 75% of taurine is to be found in muscle cells. Now, again, with the other compounds too, the endogenous production of taurine is insufficient to cover the systemic requirements. So a long-term intake, low intake of taurine may be correlated with various um, disorders, right? So that's something to be mindful of. Now, also for human endurance performance, taurine can improve endurance uh, with as little as one to six grams a day. Um, and it also prevents muscle damage, um, protects you from muscle protein catabolism, and also decreases oxidative stress and improves performance in endurance exercises. Now, what's important and interesting to understand as well is that over time, our body, basically, the production of taurine goes down and the concentration of our body in taurine goes down as well as we age. So it becomes more important the older we get. And while mouse or mice are not always the best kind of studies to look at, there is... It is non-essential in, in rodents, right? Um, now in, in cats it is essential and it is conditionally essential in, in man and monkey. Now, absence from a diet of a conditional essential nutrient does not produce immediate deficiency, but in the long term can cause problems. So what I want to say is that in mice and rodents, basically a lower intake of taurine has basically negative effects on health span, fat, bone, um, gut, muscle. So they supplemented them with taurine and it increased bone density, improved the gut health, um, increased the lifespan, health span, immune system, brain function, energy. So, so many benefits. And that might be a great, interesting indicator to look at as well. So, taurine, just to summarize this again, the third one we want to talk about is an amino acid and it's only found in fish and meat. Now it helps in a lot of different functions, but especially in your muscle for them to work properly um, and also for digestion and protecting your cells from damage. Now again, vegans have a tendency to have lower levels of taurine and our body only has limited amounts to produce it by itself. So you should supplement it every single day and make sure to get at least 500 to 800 milligrams of taurine per day from your nutrition, from your diet. And I recommend to supplement it to make sure get the optimal amounts. Now, next one on the list here is carnitine. So carnitine is another interesting one. As Nemo already says, it's again a carny nutrient and only 25% of the intake is synthesized in the body. So, 75% of our carnitine intake comes from our diet, from our food. And 
vegans and vegetarians typically only consume 0.04, 0.4 mole kilogram deciliter of carnitine, which results in 20 to 30% lower plasma concentrations compared to an omnivore. So studies also report that vegetarian individuals have lower muscle carnitine content compared to omnivores. And it is worthwhile to look at in terms of performance and workouts. And if having the right amount of carnitine combined with carbohydrates twice daily, um, which is the study they looked at, they looked exactly that day, looked at 12 to 24 weeks, they ingested carnitine with carbs twice daily. Um, that alone increased the muscle carnitine pool by 21% and improved exercise metabolism and improved exercise performance. Um, so that's super crucial, especially also in high intensity exercise and it resulted in increased work output during a 30 minute maximum cycling performance test. So in that sense, carnitine is another one that's gonna be beneficial for your exercise performance and your well-being as well. So summarized for you is that, again, carnitine is mainly found in red meat and it helps turn our, like, turn our fat that we have in our body into energy. Um, and it does so by carrying fats into our cells where it can be used for energy production. So again, we can produce it by our own but eating those foods or supplementing it is going to have an even better and more, more beneficial effect. How much should you be having per day? Again, talk to your provider first, but um, we recommend having 500 to 2000 milligrams per day of carnitine, especially for vegans, vegetarians that are trying to get fit and are physically active. So very important one as well. And now number five, which I want to touch on, very important one as well, is carnosine, which we can also call beta alanine. And maybe you've heard this one before, mostly used in uh, boosters, so um, pre-workout boosters. And it's exclusively found in fish and meat and completely absent in vegan vegetarian diets. Um, now, when it comes to the concentration um, in uh, carnosine in vegetarians, it's obviously much lower in vegetarians and omnivores. And given that increasing muscle carnosine content can improve exercise performance, it is plausible that reduced muscle carnosine content can impair your performance. So basically athletes who follow a vegan diet may be inclined to supplement with beta-alanine or also carnosine um, to mitigate those impairments or reduction in performance uh, with lower concentrations. So another example of do you want to exercise and have power output and crush your workouts and make your time in the gym worthwhile, then it might be beneficial to supplement with carnosine. And unfortunately, it's not really that present in most recommended, um, let's say, books or uh, content pieces that we have consumed uh, over the past years. I mean, I've been in the plant-based space forever and people have not been talking about this at all, unfortunately, over the past years. And it's really, really a pity. Okay, so just to summarize everything here, we've talked a lot now and I hope this has been kind of 
eye-opening for you and just something to consider. Just to summarize everything here, the five meat-based bioactive compounds, which again are compounds that are only found in flesh, they're only found in meat. And if you are vegan or vegetarian, then it's very likely you're not getting sufficient amounts. And again, sufficient amounts doesn't mean that you're deficient. It means that you are getting enough amounts for optimal brain performance, exercise performance, fat loss, and well-being, right? And these five are choline. Now, choline, how much should you be intaking from supplements? Again, this is supplement amounts. This is not general intake. This is amounts of supplement. For choline, if your general population want to be healthy, I recommend between 250 to 300 milligrams per day. If you're more an elite athlete that's very active, you want to have between 500 to 800 milligrams a day. Creatine, if you're a general population, I recommend three to four grams a day. If you're more athlete level, I recommend five to eight grams a day. Carnitine, if you're more a general population, 300 to 500 milligrams a day. If you're more of an athlete, very active, 800 to 1,000 milligrams a day. Taurine, a very important one. General population, on 500 to 800 milligrams a day. And athlete, a more active person, 1,000 to 1,500 a day. So that's crucial. Now for carnosine, it's 800 to 1,000 for um, elite athletes and 300 to 500 for milligrams for general population. I know a lot of numbers. Unfortunately, I can't share any pictures here on the podcast, but I want you to please just realize and be mindful of your health and be mindful of your goals. Why did you go vegan? Why did you go plant-based? Why did you follow this diet? Um, I think for most of you listening to the podcast, it is because of your health, because you want to live longer, live healthier, maximize your performance. And I'm glad you did choose it because it is a lifestyle that can be very beneficial for you. Now, what I want to be just mindful of and aware of is that we are not consuming any animal-based products. Like if you're vegan, no animal-based products. If you're vegetarian, no meat, no fish, right? Now, meat and fish do have certain nutrients that we just don't find in in plant-based foods like we just talked about. And in that case, it comes down to you. If you want to be 100% plant-based and avoid all of these products, then you should definitely supplement these um, ones I shared with you today. They are crucial for your well-being, for your health, and for your exercise performance. And if you're not supplementing them, you are at risk for yeah, developing certain deficiencies in the long term. And that's what I don't want. This podcast and our approach is all about health, well-being, based on science, and making sure that everyone gets sufficient nutrients, not just sufficient, but also optimal amounts for their health. So I'm curious if you found this helpful, do let me know on Instagram. Unfortunately, we cannot chat here on the podcast, um, but I will put the recommend, recommended numbers into the short description too. What you also find in the short description is you can apply to work with me and my team on this. So if you are plant-based, if you're vegetarian, or if you're just dabbling in a plant-based lifestyle, you may be flexitarian um, and you're interested in making more plant-based choices, then I encourage you to book a free consultation with me and my team. 
uh, on this call, we will look at your situation, depending if you are vegan, if you are plant-based, um, if you, whatever you consider yourself, we look at your situation and see how we can best help you achieve your fitness goals, meaning fat loss, weight loss, and well-being, meaning having energy, having drive, having a healthy gut, having a healthy mind. Um, we've coached over 1,500 people over the past years with our one-on-one coaching, and we love what we do, and we offer these free consultations to reanalyze where you stand, categorize you, and then see what the best plan of action is for you. So now if you do that, just go to the show description, click the link there to book your free consultation, or go to fritzhorseman.com, just my name, and book your call there, and we can talk very soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us grow. 2024 is going to be a year of science-based health content that is no BS, to the point, and very actionable. So I'm excited for you to be part of it. And if you want to crush 2024 with me, my team's help, then click the link in the description. And we'll talk very soon. Thanks so much. Peace out.